0: Welcome to the Life Organized Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Layton, and as the creator of both the Life Organized Podcast and the Life Organized Membership, I teach busy moms how to get organized, manage their time, and master their mindset. I'm a mom and wife too, so I know how overwhelming it can all be. But living an organized life means you don't have to sacrifice anything. With the right systems and tools, you can get your home and family running like a well-oiled machine and still have time for all the other things you love to do. If you're new here, DM me the word FAST on Instagram at JLTheHappyGal, and I will send you my top tips to help you get organized FAST. We'll cover clutter, time management, and give you empowering new perspectives that will make organizing your life so much easier. All right. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey, so glad you are joining me today. You are listening to episode number 40, when you need a little self-care. And can you believe it? We are already into the 40s in this podcast. Where is the time going? I don't even know. We're already almost in the middle of the summer. And that's actually why we're addressing this topic today on the podcast. This is such an important one because I don't know about you, But I know for me, it can feel really easy to start to lose myself a little bit in the summer. You've got kids home 24-7. You've got vacations. You've got all of these family things going on. There just isn't a lot of time for self-care. And you just feel more and more drained as the days go on. I don't know. Is it just me? Do you feel this way a little bit? Kind of thinking, just keep your head above water. Just keep going. Cross that finish line of the summer. We'll clean it all up after the kids go back to school. I mean, that is a strategy, but I don't think it's the best strategy because what I'm interested in is helping you thrive in all seasons of your life. And I think right now, self-care is a big piece of the puzzle that's going to help you thrive and live that organized life. And we talk about this a little bit in episode 36. So if you didn't catch it, that's a great one to go back and listen to. I will include the link in the show notes. We talk about when you need to organize your summer. And I'm going to give you a little refresher here. Okay, think back to that conversation we talked about family and personal seasons and how the year kind of cycles between the two. So family and personal seasons were right smack in the middle of a family season, So that means we're experiencing one of the greatest opportunities of the year to focus on family, to strengthen and build those connections through time with them and vacations, family reunions, just having all of that time together when we're home and people are out of school. So coming up at the end of the summer, we're going to shift back into a personal season. And that focus is naturally going to go back to personal things. Kids are going to go back to school and do their personal thing We will have a little more time to do our personal thing while they're doing their schooling, little more space to focus on some of the things that we need to do or need to get caught up on. So I know this as a review, we, we just talked about this a few episodes ago. So I know you're like, Jenny, I get it. But here's the part that I didn't share then. So there was so much I wanted to say, of course, that I can only say so much in one episode, but there is this lens to look at As you're looking at the year, the family season, which is summer and holidays, and then the personal seasons that in between, balance is still really important. And this new lens that I want to talk to you about today kind of helps you focus on that. I mean, it's not like in a family season, we just focus exclusively on the family and all of those things that are part of our personal responsibilities, you know, like managing the home or you know, showering or taking care of ourselves or work, like we still have to do some of that. And likewise, in a personal season, it's not like we're like, well, kids, we'll see it in three months. When it's the holidays, we filled you up all summer long. And now we've got some of our own work to do. Of course not. That's not how it works. There has to be this balance That we still need to strike. And I have this visual that I would love to have shared in episode 36, but we just didn't have the time. I'm going to pull it out right now to let you know, because I think it really gives you, again, that right lens to look through, especially as we have this conversation today. So the visual I want to give you, kind of the symbol that I think helps us really sink into the family and personal season conversation, is the yin-yang symbol, so are you familiar with that? It's that ancient Chinese symbol. It's like that big circle with two tear shaped halves. One's black and one's white. You, you follow me, you've seen this before. I'm sure you have. If you haven't, look it up, yin yang, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. All right. This is relevant because what is right in the middle of the black half? You've got a big old dot of white. Okay. And likewise, what is in the middle of the white half. You've got a big old dot of black. And I love kind of this ancient Chinese wisdom, this graphic, this visual that helps us see that when we're right in the middle of one extreme for balance, we need a big dose of its opposite. All right, so I'm teeing up this conversation right now. We're in the heart of summer. We're in a drought of personal time. And what do we need for balance? What does that yin-yang symbol tell us? We need a big old dot of personal care. We need to carve out some time for ourselves. That's why this is important, and that's why this conversation is so important today. So what do you need for balance right now to really help you be able to show up for the family on trips and reunions and when those little faces are greeting you every morning? Day after day, you need some self-care because your self-care reserves are probably starting to run a little dry, and I bet you can feel it, can't you? A little more irritation, a little less tolerance, a little resentment or some longing for some peace and some quiet, or just even a little space to be alone, to get something done or to do something you really want to do. It's a real thing. And you're not doing anything wrong because you're feeling it. This is not a bad mom symptom at all. This is nothing to try to hide. This is a little bit of your humanity calling out to you and asking for some attention, for some balance. So today, the whole focus is to talk about how can you get it? How can you get a little bit of self-care in the heart of summer when it feels like the least likely place you're going to be able to get it? So the solution I have for you today is this term I've loved for years. It's kind of catchy because, you know, that's how I roll. I like a really catchy, easy to remember term. And I bet you've heard it before. We're going to talk about power hour. Is that familiar? I love that. I love the idea of giving us power. I love giving myself an hour when I can, although that word is a little bit deceiving because it's not like we always have a full hour. We get to just spend on ourselves. We can carve it out. We can work towards it. But I really love the concept of power hour. We're going to talk about like how to modify that and make it work for you and really kind of replenish you, again, so that you can show up and be at your best this summer and really get out of it what you need. All right, so today... We're going to talk about the what, when, and how of Power Hour, so that by the time you're done listening to this episode, you can have a solid plan that's going to revitalize you for this summer. What do you think? Does it sound good? Good use of the next 10 minutes or so? I think so. I'm a huge advocate of it. Oh, I suffer when I don't give myself that, self, that little bit of self-care, so excited to share this with you. So let's just jump right into it, right out of the gate. What does power hour look like? What could it look like for you? Well, I'm going to bring up a term that I first heard from Brooke Snow. She is another podcaster that I follow, the Brooke Snow Podcast. And she said this phrase one time, and as soon as she heard it, it just struck me to the core. And it's something I use as a reference point quite a bit. She said, physiology... Comes before psychology. All right. Addressing the physical needs of your body first is such a simpler way to solve problems. I mean, think of all the times that you've been in a bad mood or no amount of positive thinking can really get you through it. And it doesn't seem to help. And then you realize the real problem is that, oh, you were hungry or you were tired, or maybe you've noticed with your kids the same thing. I've discovered this the hard way with one of my daughters. We were having some really rough nights. Some She's coming apart around bedtime, always trying to talk her through it, helping her see the bright side, helping her work through her feelings. And I think probably around the same time I latched onto this physiology before psychology idea, I realized the problem was that she was tired. Nothing else was going to help her get balanced. And so we kind of made this rule, no more deep conversations before bed. Let's just, if in the morning it's still bothering you, we'll talk through it. And like nine times out of 10, we are smooth sailing by the morning because the problem was not the psychology. It wasn't working through things. It was the physiology. We need to do something with her body. As I've coached my clients, really parented my kids and observed myself, I am more and more sold on the idea that this is the way to go. So much easier, so much less guesswork if we just let's take a quick break and get outside and get some fresh air for our body or eat or take that nap or whatever it is we need to do. The state of your body really matters. And so the whole purpose of Power Hour is to fortify our most important needs so we can feel powerful and accomplish the things we need to accomplish during the day. And I'm going to say that one of the most important things that we need to really take care of in that Power Hour is our body. How can we get our body at its best so we can show up and have a great day? So I'm going to talk about one of the first things you can do for Power Hour is we'll call it movement, Um, otherwise known as exercise, although I know that can be a little triggering and off-putting. So if that's a problem for you, we'll kind of use those terms interchangeably, movement and exercise. But really, essentially, what is exercise? It is moving your body. And that is such an important thing. I've heard it said. If you want to change things in your life, you want to move things in your life, start by moving your body. And I've really noticed that. Some mornings I'll wake up with the whole world on my shoulders and I'll start to think about it and try to problem solve and pray. And one day I just kind of got this bright, shining idea of don't try to solve this. Go work out. Then when you're done, let's see what's still bothering you. Does this sound familiar? I guess we can see where my daughter gets it from sure enough, most of the time, by the time I'm done with my workout, those problems don't seem nearly as heavy or as uh, intimidating. So exercise movement is a really great thing to incorporate in that regular self-care for you. And you're probably wondering how we're going to do this. Don't worry. Remember, we're going to talk about first the what, then the when, and then the how. So we'll get to that. But right now, let's just talk about why, again, exercise is so important. I want to give you one other point. Years ago, I read the book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, if you haven't read that one and you're really interested in, you know, cleaning up your habits and incorporating some momentum into your life with really good habits and routines. This book is golden. I just love it. In this book, Charles Duhigg writes about how a keystone is that center stone that holds a whole arch together. So if you can just kind of visualize an arch that's all held, that's all a bunch of stones together, that center stone that if you pull that out, the whole arch would collapse, that's called a keystone. And he said there are habits that are like keystones that hold a bunch of other habits together that are seemingly unrelated. I've heard a lot of different examples of keystone habits. I've heard that making your bed is a great keystone habit, that when you make your bed, you tend to be more productive, um, more successful in your work. They just link all of these different actions together when you make your bed. So I think that's a really great little tidbit to take away from this if you just want to give yourself a real quick win. But another really powerful keystone habit is exercise, Exercise has credit for helping you be in a better mood, helps you make better food choices, helps you be more productive at work and at home. So moving your body each morning during power hour, I think is something we definitely want to include. We want all of those good wins from one little behavior. I mean, that is organized living. So how can we incorporate that? Well, don't worry. It doesn't have to look a certain way. In just a few minutes, we'll talk about it exactly how you're going to make that work for you. But before we move on to the when, we want to also talk about a few other things that can be incorporated in Power Hour. Because remember, Power Hour is kind of a container for a few different ways for you to nourish yourself. And so I think mind, body, spirit is just a really great approach to good self-care. We just talked about the body. What about the mind? I think that's a really great thing that we can also address in Power Hour. So, caring for your mind can include meditation, reading, writing in your journal, repeating your affirmations. Believe it or not, our mind carries way more clutter than our house ever can. And if we can create some awareness around some cluttery thoughts and intentionally let them go, that can be some of the best decluttering we can ever do. And Power Hour can give you a quick moment each day to be intentional with that. So. All of those different things that we can incorporate into Power Hour, and I'd say just you know kind of choose one. And the last piece I would say that we want to think about during Power Hour, again, is some kind of a spiritual connection. So think of ways that you like to connect to a higher power, whatever that looks like for you. If it's prayer, if it's reading something inspirational, even maybe serving someone else, it's just all about kind of getting outside yourself and just recognizing that the world is bigger than you and taking a minute or two to do that consistently every day as part of this power hour can be so powerful. All right, so think about what does your power hour need? How can you address body, mind and spirit? And if that feels too overwhelming, just pick one. But that's kind of the thought behind power hour is how to help you create that balance in your life and wow, what a difference it can make. All right, so that's a little bit of the what of your power hour. Now let's talk about The when. When are we going to find the time to do this? Well, my answer is still the same. Even though I'm now in the phase where all I have are teenagers and all they want to do is stay up late every night, I still say in the morning before everyone gets up is the best time that you can do it, if you can swing it. Claim that sacred time before anyone is asking anything of you. There is just something about being truly alone without Anything or anyone competing for your attention, it just feels like genuine, authentic time that you can invest in yourself. So good news, bad news here. If you're a morning person, this is great. It's right in line with the way you like to do things. You might still need to set your alarm and give yourself a week or two to adjust to getting up a little earlier, but I think you're already grounded in that morning habit. It's still a part of your identity, so it's not such a challenge. So just nudge yourself to get up a little earlier, just a little bit at a time until you've established a new normal waking time, and then you can give yourself that amount of power hour that you need if it's a power 20, a power 30, or the full power hour, whatever that looks like. All right, bad news is if you do not consider yourself a morning person and you don't want to lift your head off the pillow a moment sooner than you absolutely have to, this might feel like kind of a struggle. You know, you don't have to do power hour before everyone else wakes up. But research does show that this kind of self-care routine first thing in the day is a lot easier to be consistent. You've got less conflicts that you're running into, and it really does give you this boost at the beginning of your day that kind of powers you through your day. So, even though you might initially rebel against this idea, you might be saying to yourself, Jenny, I'm not going to do this. What if you're open to just experimenting with it just a little bit? I know it might feel a little weird the first time when you get up, but I think you might discover a really good secret. There is just something about the quiet first thing in the morning. And I love it. I don't know, the birds are chirping. Things outside are fresh and clean and they smell so good and the sun is rising. There's just this sense of being intentional with this new day that you're creating. It just feels like magic to me. And I just want to invite you to just try it a little bit and try to look at it through that lens and not through the lens of this is awful. I'm not a morning person. Why am I doing this? And I think part of being successful with this is knowing what you're going to do, which is part of what we've just talked about, you know, what does it entail and what exactly are you going to do? But then I really just want to encourage you to being open to this and giving it a try. Great examples, great success stories with this. One of my husband's coworkers never felt like he was a morning person and always just resisted it. And then he got into running a little bit and started running with this group that went in the mornings. And so because he started liking running, he was willing to get up and give it a try. And the more he fell in love with running, the less he got hung up on the fact that it was early morning and started to let go of that identity of not being a morning person. And he wanted to extend the length of his runs, So he was willing to get up a little earlier. And I'm thinking as you're listening to this, you may be like, this is not resonating at all, because I'm never going to like running. And I hate getting up early. And that might be the case. But You know what else I will say is traditionally my husband hasn't been much of a morning person either, but I was shocked at the beginning of our marriage when he couldn't seem to get up very early for anything else. But if he had a golf time, a tea time, he heard that alarm and was up and out the door before I could even blink. So I know it's possible. It's just kind of all about your incentive, And I think it's worth trying. One other quick example, a client who has never been much of a morning person, who really has become sold on an organized life as we've worked through all of the different aspects, began finding the drive and the motivation to implement some of the things in her life that she just could not get during the day when kids were up. And so little by little, just extending that wake time a little bit at a time, 10 minutes here. Once that's felt normal, 10 more minutes there, where she's up to about an hour now and can't live without it. In fact, if she misses it, she feels so off balance from her day because that power hour really does just give you that lift and that energy, and that attention and motivation to get through your day. So I guess what I'm saying here is you get to pick when. I mean, if this absolutely doesn't work for you, maybe you have a new baby. Maybe you work the graveyard shift. I mean, I don't know the circumstances. There's always time to invest in yourself. You just have to look for it. If it's not first thing in the morning, though, you're going to run into conflicts of things being scheduled after work or an afternoon appointment when the baby goes down for the nap if that's when you decide you're going to do it. So I want to see you commit to a time. And I do just want to give you that extra little nudge to play with this, even if it's just for a few minutes every morning. Okay, and that actually kind of leads us to the next point I wanted to talk about. That is the how- How are we going to get this power hour done? We might know what to do. We might know when to do it. But really, how can we be consistent? Because that's the million-dollar question, right? With exercise, with any good habit, how do we keep it going? Because it's just so easy to burn out. Well, the other really great tool I want to pull out here for you is the idea of ceilings and floors, and I love this concept. This is one that I learned from Stephen Geis, who is the author of Mini Habits. And he talks about how we can start to use floors and ceilings as this guide of how to create our habits and how we're going to approach those daily in a realistic way. So ceilings and floors basically is a visual illustration of the principle that any action, any goal that you want to achieve, any action you want to take can range in intensity from floors, which is kind of that minimal effort, all the way up to ceilings, which is that maximum effort. And just like in a house, there are a lot of steps between the floor and the ceiling. So in these habits, there's a big range of steps or different routines that you can use to accomplish the goal. So as you're implementing power hour, the middle of the family season, like the summer, is no time to start looking at ceiling-like goals to try to do better exercise or better meditation or better prayer, whatever your power hour is going to include. We need to get really clear about the floor version of what these three forms of self-care can be so that you can be consistent and actually get that nourishment that you need so desperately right now. And it adds up so much more quickly than you think. So what I want you to do is literally plan for five minutes to take care of your power hour. We'll maybe call it the power five. So my five-minute self-care plan includes a couple minutes of jumping jacks, maybe some squats and stretching, couple minutes of prayer, one quick little verse of scripture, and then I listened to a few of my affirmations for about a minute. That's five minutes. I actually did that this morning. I ran out of time. I was up really late with the kids. I had some things I had to do first thing this morning. I started to run out of time for all the things I wanted to do, but I knew I needed that little bit of investment in myself. And it didn't feel like five minutes was going to be much, but I'm telling you at the end of that five minutes, I felt so much better and was able to show up for my family, and do the things I needed to do that day. And I was just in such a better space. It's just amazing how much that little bit of time can make. But I had to know what that was up front, because if I didn't already have that designed, I think I would have just thought, well, there's just not time for it today, and made myself move on and not had that little boost that Power Hour can give me. So it adds up. These little actions really add up. And I love Stephen Geis, who was the author of Many Habits, as I mentioned. He said, I have found that the more I expect of myself, the less I actually do. And I think that's so interesting that we burn ourselves out. And we talk about the brain quite a bit on this podcast. And as I think about it, our brain seems really engineered for the floor version of any habit. Because remember, with our brain, we naturally want to avoid things that are long and hard and take a lot of effort. So the floor version of power hour is a win any way you look at it. It's quick, it's realistic, and those effects add up a lot quicker than you think. And of course, once you get going and you're doing a floor version, there's always the option to expand up a couple of steps. I love when I end up with more time and I can add to it and it feels so good. A quick walk might turn into a jog a verse of scripture might turn into an entire chapter listening to affirmations might prompt some journal writing all of those things are so healthy so good for us but whatever it is or isn't if it stays at a floor or goes up a few steps even all the way to the ceiling it doesn't matter what really matters is that we've been consistent we've maintained the habit and we give ourselves a big high five for that so i know it's summer I know there's a lot on your plate. And even though it feels like a paradox, the key to getting more time and showing up and being able to get more things done is to take better care of yourself. I love the quote from Abraham Lincoln that says, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first four hours sharpening the ax. You've got a lot of trees to chop down on summer days. Kids get bored. The house gets messy faster. You still have things to do. You got to get ready for that trip. So sharpen the axe, sharpen the tool that has to do it all. And that is you give yourself that little gift of self-care so that everything else goes better for you. This whole thing is actually what we're focusing on next month in the Life Organized Membership. It's called Organize Yourself. So if you like this conversation, you love the idea of self-care, this feels like it's getting you going, but you want a little more support with it, come join us in Life Organized next month. We're going to talk about how to open up those hidden pockets of time that we didn't see before and kind of fine-tune what these routines look like and even dive into a few new tools to help you organize those parts of yourself that may not be on your radar right now, but that make such a big difference. So be sure to check that out, thehappygal.com slash life organized. We'll put the link in the show notes. Love to see you join us next month. All right, so we're at the end of this episode. We need the so what moment. We've heard all of this. So what, what should I do now? Let's distill this down into one action. And that is What are you going to do for your power hour? Even if it's just one of the three parts, body, mind, or spirit, what feels like is in the most need for you? When are you going to do it? Can you slip it into the morning? And how are you going to get it done? What does that floor version look like? Pull out your phone right now, your notebook, jot down a few ideas. What is the five-minute two-minute version, whatever it needs to be, so that you can commit to 100% consistency for the rest of the summer, even on vacation. You're going to love the way this makes you feel. This is just a gem right now, and I can't wait to see how it helped you. So, all right, a little longer of an episode today, but I think it's worth it. I think we need it right now. We're in the middle of that busy summer. We need that dot of self-care in that yin-yang model that we talked about. It's going to help us be balanced show up for our family show up for ourselves so I hope you're having a lovely summer and I hope to see you in the life organized membership if we can help you with that just really want to see you start experiencing the magic of an organized life thanks so much for joining me and I'll see you again next week